This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Daniel and joining me today for a very special Thanksgiving bonus episode is Anthony. Gobble, gobble, gobble. It's me, Anthony. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to have that on a t-shirt. You know, just gobble, 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 gobble. We could do it in the different colors of the movie podcast. And then just at at the bottom, just Anthony. You know, it's uh, that that's classic merch right there. I think that's forget our logo. That's what we need to, to come out. <laughs> How are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been a been a great week. Yeah. Watched a lot been. of watched a lot of content and got to watch, finish off what if. I'm on the Squid Game trend right now and can't wait to talk about that once everyone's we're back and doing our full episode. But yeah. Yes. So like I said at the top of this episode, this is a bit of a bonus episode that we're doing. It's not really a full episode of the movie podcast, but because we had a really great opportunity to talk to a few more of the animators behind What If, we decided why not just do our, you know, our finale discussion and then go right into our interviews with these um, awesome animators and do it all in kind of one episode and then we'll drop it on Canadian Thanksgiving because... Why not? Instead of spreading out over a bunch of different episodes, uh, probably be best to put it onto one episode for you. So that's exactly what we're going to be doing today. Before we do all of that, I just want to remind you, as always, you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday and watch out throughout the week for our review episodes and all the latest movies and series. Make sure to follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and Letterboxd. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Join our discord and write into the show at hello at the moviepodcast.ca. Check our show notes for all of those links and more. So something else this week that was really cool that we got to be part of at the movie podcast was uh, a press conference for The Last Duel, which is directed by Ridley Scott. It's written by Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Nicole Holof Center. Um, and at the press conference itself was Matt, was was Ben, was um, Nicole, and of course, uh, the person who this film belongs to, which was, I think, was just incredible throughout, um, Jodie Comer. Um, so they were on a, a panel and they got to talk all about the making of the film, which I thought was great and just really, and I'm, I'm excited for you guys, for you and Shay to watch this film. So we could talk about just the structure of this movie, because this movie is broken into three different perspectives, right? One from Matt Damon's character, one from the perspective of Adam Driver's character, and then one, of course, uh, the truth perspective, which was Jodie Comer's perspective. Um, and what I really liked about this press conference is um, they really dove into just 
the creative process and how this movie was made. Uh, one, because they're right. They were shoot. They literally got to Ireland to start shooting this movie and it was the first day of the pandemic. So they literally had to freeze the production and, uh, Matt ended up staying in Ireland for, for months, I guess during the pandemic. But, um, they literally got to Ireland and started shooting it. Um, and yeah, it was just, it just, it was just a really interesting film. Uh, and I was wondering if you had any questions about the making of the movie, Anthony, that, um, we could, I could try and answer from the press conference. Yeah. So, um, my question, I, I don't know much about the story. This is an actual true event. This was, these are characters from that time period. These are not made up characters, correct? Yes. So these are, uh, these are real characters. It's based on a true story. And this is based on a book. Uh, the, the book being called the last duel, a true story of trial by combat in medieval France, which again, a very long name. That's why I think they just shortened it to the last duel. Um, but very much, yeah, this is, this is a real story. These are, these are factual events, obviously, um, Hollywood, uh, sized for the big screen but uh, yeah this is this is real of real characters and uh, what I thought was really cool is that Matt and Ben wrote I guess the male perspectives of it and then Nicole um, Holof Center came in and she wrote the third act and pretty much um, you know finessed I guess Ben and Matt and Ben's um, acts as well too mm-hmm. so it, it's really interesting to see especially after all this time because this is the first project that Matt and Ben have written together since goodwill hunting so this is like 25 years right <laughs> that they've been interesting that they that, haven't really written something together like that yeah interesting they chose this type of story rather than the more homegrown type of story that they're used to that you know we we just know them from from for for goodwill hunting this is such yeah. a out of scope story that i didn't expect them to co-write even with nicole um as their partner. It just, it just doesn't seem like a Ben Affleck, Matt Damon type of story. Right. It's funny though. Cause like this movie takes place in France. It doesn't take place in Boston. Like, what are you guys <laughs> doing here? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but that was one of the, that was one of the things that they addressed during the press conference too, is that, you know, uh, Matt, I guess read the book and he went to Ridley Scott and Ridley Scott read it and loved it. And he said, whatever I was working on next, like he, he wants to do this this he wants to adapt this book um and matt basically was having dinner with uh with ben affleck one night uh, i say hey, so i feel like they just have dinner all the time you know what i mean it's like this is kind of just like us so like yeah they're just hanging out one day and uh matt brings up the book to ben and ben's like why don't we write it and then that's how it kind of got going and then they brought nicole on board and um Ben was originally going to play mm-hmm. Adam Driver's role and then step down to more of a supporting role in the film. But I, I thought Adam Driver was great in the movie. And again, I'm, I'm really excited to dive in deeper about it. But uh, yeah, the, the press conference was, was cool. I would have loved for Adam Driver to be there. I would have loved for Ridley Scott to be there. Uh, but I think Jodie Comer really is. Um, she got most of the questions in the press conference, too, which I thought was uh, fitting because she really is the 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 lead in this film and i think she i'm hoping that she gets her you know her her flowers because i think she's owed them for sure yeah she's been like rising up slowly throughout hollywood with uh, you know killing eve and then now she's done free guy and the last duel it's so funny to see her in a role with matt damon and like matt damon being her i guess husband in this her husband in this story and then yeah seeing her in free guy where she's her love interest is the dude from stranger things uh joey joey yeah. curie 
Joe Carey, yeah. yeah. It's just so definitely it, an age difference. A huge <laughs> age difference. Age it's just and I always thought Jody Comer was older than because her not just because she she looked older, it wasn't that. It was more of her her presence. I thought she was more like older actress yeah, 100%. than she is. she carries herself yeah she carries herself like she's an actress like uh, an older actress and i'm like oh my god she's my age yeah and then i just want to just cr- crawl into a ball she's and die born 1993 uh, 93 yeah. but yeah matt damon's basically old enough to be her father more so old enough to be her father but i guess these are medieval times as well too so that's just kind of that was how the, that was were that's how it that's how they do. You know, that, that that's how that's that's 28 years old. She, she should have grandkids already at this at that point. True. Um, I know you were saying yeah. that this story is a very it's ambitious story, but it's also very tough. Um, they deal with a lot of tough subjects and tough yes. imagery that, you know, not all, all audience will be accepting of it. Is that or not accepting it, but not might be comfortable comfortable with it. with it? Yeah, and and I think that's 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 a great point you bring up, and I and I think um, that's I think the point of the movie as well too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking at a, a movie or we're looking at a story that's set in the 1300s, and um, you're meant to feel uncomfortable. And I also think when you're when you're watching it, it's it's scary how relevant it is to 2021 as well um and and i don't say that lightly just because there there's things that are arguments brought up in this movie and just um he said she said arguments that are brought up you're like man like this this is still things that we deal with today these are still the same perceptions that people have today Mm -hmm. um and I think it's really harrowing that way, but um, they said, like, even in the press conference, like, they wanted to tell a story that people will look at and feel like it's relevant to today and obviously true to the time, but true to the experiences of these people. And the subject matter is very delicate, right? right? And, I, and I also want to be respectful of that. I don't want to joke with it. I think Matt Damon's in a stage of his career that he could choose a role, and his character does bad things in this film. Um, and I don't think he, as a person necessarily like cares about the type of characters that he plays in the movies, how they'll be perceived because he wants to be true to what that character was, even if they were bad characters. Right. Mm -hmm. Where I think there's some actors now that only want to be perceived in a certain way, even on film. Um, And I respect Matt Damon for that, just for the sense that he wants to, no matter how awful the character is, even Adam driver, Adam driver is a horrible human being in this film. He's very likable in this movie because he's very, uh, he's very just charismatic, but he does awful things in this movie. Um, so it's still a testament to the kind of actor that he is that you could still like him in this movie as a, as a, the charismatic side of him. But when you see the, 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 like the heinous things that he does, you're just like, Oh my God, like this guy's awful. And, and that's what I think this movie balances that line of where it's, let's tell the story then let's turn into uh you know a big kind of ridley scott gladiator fight at the end of the movie but um it's very interesting i will say it's a very interesting film and I, i'm really excited to talk more about it with you guys but definitely during the press conference i got a lot more light shed on just how this movie was made and just their thought processes behind it um and again jodie comer is just phenomenal she's one of those actresses now that whatever she's in next i'm going to be excited and look forward to and this is ridley scott's second film well first film out of two this year correct he has um the last duel and he has the house of gucci which also stars adam driver it does yeah 
It's so funny. Um, so that's a th- that's the thing, right? So I, I, again, this movie was supposed to come out last Christmas, yep. um, and then it got pushed and delayed. So yeah, Ridley Scott has two major uh, award contender films. So I'm I'm really curious to see what legs this movie has come award season, or is it going to go to um, House of Gucci, or is it going to go to The Last Duel? Because I could see it going either way at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But today is all about what if. The Watcher broke his oath. This is the season finale, episode nine of What If. Uh, Anthony, let's just get right into it. What did you think of this episode? I thought this episode really did, like, it did a really good job of summarizing all the other episodes that we 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 um, saw throughout the year and really giving it a, that season one closure that I was expecting. There was there was no cliffhanger. There might have been. But nothing like huge where you're waiting for the next um, the next season to happen. I truly the thing that's that stood out to me the most in this series is the animation. I think the animation is spectacular. I yes. wouldn't be surprised if it wins uh, some sort of award and Emmy for its type of animation. I think the production value of the animation is something you haven't seen in a TV series before. I think that was the biggest standout for me. Um, But I enjoyed each and every story that was told. And I enjoyed the last two episodes the most because it encompassed everything and it made everything feel like, oh, there is a bigger picture to what we're watching. We're just not watching bottle stories. We're watching something bigger. Um, With the vision, the last episode, I... I wish it was longer because it was so yes. good. It was like it was like it's condensed. Movie. It's it was definitely very condensed. condensed. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of um, I want to say trust given to these new guardians of the multiverse to just you know take over <laughs> to to really like trust in the Watcher and what he was doing. It just it just felt really right. quick. And I wish I it took a little bit longer to get there. Um, yes. The biggest thing I hope for season two is there was a lot of familiar things we've seen. A lot of familiar characters that we've seen. Yes, they were in different positions, but familiarity was the number one thing that I saw in season one. We, we saw, you know... Uh, uh, Agent Carter, we saw Tony Stark die multiple times or not be the hero. I'm hoping for season two, and I know this might be a risk, but maybe go a little bit deeper in the Marvel universe and not focus just on um, characters that stories. we know. And even characters yeah. that we know, but like make it a very, like a one, an episode that continues to be a very long episode. So, um, episode flowing into episode type of series. 100%. And I think that's where I'm at with this episode. I did really enjoy this episode. I would have loved if there was a bit more of a through line throughout the episodes other than the Watcher himself. Because um, when we get to this episode and it basically is um, assembling the Avengers, I would have loved for it to maybe have built up to this a little bit more because it did feel very sudden or at least give this episode a bit more time to breathe. It would, it would have been great if this was like an hour long. I know that's asking a mm-hmm. lot, but um, there's just so many different plot points happening and to basically have the watcher at the beginning of this episode go, you've been chosen. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. Killmonger, you're a piece of shit, but you've been chosen. Right. Uh, I would, uh, it was just, uh, it was just funny of how fast it went. And again, I get it. It's an animated show. There's going to be a lot faster pace that goes on. 
Um, but when you do see this team come together, it, it, it's a really interesting team because it's it really is just all these different characters from across the MCU that we know and that we love. And we're getting just a very different Avengers team. I thought it was so cool that we got to see T'Challa and Killmonger, you know, talk to one another. And, mm-hmm. you know, and T'Challa referred to him as like my cousin. And he's like, no, nah, we ain't cousins. And it's like, it's just, it's just cool seeing like those character moments, especially it being Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan. Um, I also just, I think that the watcher is a character I, I adore. Um, and I, and I think just him finally after last week's episode, you know, just going toe to toe with Ultron or infinity Ultron. And, and now just assembling a team guardians of the multiverse. Um, I'm really excited to see what they could do in season two with this. You know, they did cut it in episode. You may have noticed uh, when he goes to Gamora, we've never seen Gamora this season, like, like a, an episode dedicated to her mm-hmm. and Tony Stark was there in a suit that he built. So that was an episode that was actually going to be, you know, what if Tony Stark, I, I think, went to Sakaar and that's where I, and there's actually a Lego set that's built on it too, which is crazy. So they actually pushed that episode to the next season. Um, so I'm really curious to see what their goal is for the next season of the show. Will the watcher continue to be someone who, you know, is he going to now choose not to interfere anymore? Is he going to keep his oath or are we going to see a bit more of a through line where we're building something throughout the season because this we didn't really see anything start building in this season until the very end uh we may have thought that obviously the watcher being the one consistent in each episode but um it was very cool seeing just you know dr strange and and agent carter and oh sorry captain carter and like black widow and my gosh like just thor everyone like this episode felt like almost like an an uh, like an like an anime of just how big it was and just how the light shows that were going on just these big epic battles that were happening uh any favorite moments from this episode anthony uh for me i, I it's the the whole episode was like it's just the animation was so well done and especially i felt like the production value for these last two episodes were like really set high yeah, i definitely. did i did like the the opening sequence with Agent Carter recreating Winter Soldier, like that opening sequence. Oh yeah, but it's one hundred percent in her very cool. suit as well too. Yes. Yeah, and I felt like, man, I wish one day we get like a very like a animated film that looks like that because just the, yeah, with animation and comics, they just work hand in hand. The flu- fluidity of characters and how they perform, and there's there's no way live action can do it in CG always doesn't you know it's not there yet when it comes to movement the, of body parts and stuff like that yeah for sure um, in, in animation you're willing to accept a lot more you yes. you suspend your disbelief a lot more i love that opening sequence where it's just winter soldier let's do it but it's with peggy this time yeah. really really cool i and love i just i just loved uh peggy and black widow throughout yeah. the episode where when peggy meets i guess the the a, a variant of of natasha and they're just both having a shield and they're just like going crazy, throwing the shield at Ultron. Yeah. Awesome moment. Very, very cool. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the Gamora because I was wondering, did I miss an episode? Yeah, definitely. Like, well, did I did I miss an episode with Gamora and Tony Stark? But then I realized, no. And you even said to yourself, they, they, they left it for the next season. So I'm glad yes. that um, at least there's going to be some sort of tie into that because I felt that part was a little bit of a miss on their end. Cause I feel like a lot of audience would be like, who, wait, what? 
it's such a it's yeah. an integral piece because you've seen every character and you understand that why they're being picked. But then you see Gamora and Tony Stark. And again, Tony Stark is completely cut off. Like he is not the hero of a lot of these no. multiverses. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm super stoked to see what season two is. I just wish they, and hopefully by that time, we'll have more characters to play around with, with the internals, with Shang-Chi, with um, yeah. whatever happens Even in Spider-Man. Even from the shows, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. There's a lot that you could pull from. And yeah, and that's the thing, you know, I almost, I, I guess when the episode got pulled, you couldn't really remove Gamora from the episode because she really w- was the only one that I'm like, oh, she's in this episode. She doesn't have um, as a huge of a role in this episode. So it's interesting that they they kept her, but obviously a lot of moving parts when it comes to shows like this. So you can't just remove a character and have it everything blend well but what a just what a cool show like you know we've we've gotten you know wandavision we've gotten uh, falcon and the winter soldier we've gotten loki and now to have the first animated show of the mcu it's awesome and i'm hoping now um we only get more you know there were plans to have a t'challa as star lord spinoff show but that was uh, that obviously was uh, not moving forward anymore because uh, Chadwick is no longer with us. But um, I think there's so much opportunities to do some really cool stuff in the MCU in animated form. And like you said, Anthony, comics and animation just go hand in hand together. And um, hopefully we'll get to see even more of that in season two and beyond what, whatever shows they decide to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's get into our discussion with the animators behind What If. We were so lucky to be joined by Anthony Danino and Stephen Wong of Stellar Creative Lab, one of the incredible animation houses behind Marvel Studios' What If. Uh, let's get into our interviews with them right now. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, thank you so much. We're we're lucky to have you, and uh, congratulations on the finale of What If is finally out there in the world, and you could talk about it, and you don't have to worry about spoilers or anything like that. Um, what's it feel like now that this show's finally wrapped up for the first season? Oh, it it feels amazing to you know see the response and following along with everyone week to week. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing to see the response to the show. Yeah, that's awesome. So, as unit director, what is your role on the show? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, it's pretty broad, but, uh, you know, in a nutshell, um, you know, one of the main the main things that I, I do is I kind of try to plug into uh, the kind of creative team on, on the Marvel side as much as possible to kind of, you know, understand, uh, you know, their intent and uh, what they're really going for for the um, for these characters, given, you know, the episode. Uh, and then kind of, you know, shepherding that along our internal team so that everyone on our side, you know, knows what the intent of everything is. And then beyond that, working with our team to figure out how we're going to accomplish all of these visuals and kind of ideas that uh, that are proposed. Yeah, that's it's a lot. And especially in a show like this, that's pulling from so many literally different multiverses within the MCU. Um, it's a lot of things to have to keep in mind and kind of manage, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, Anthony, was there any like big surprises that you encountered while making the what if episodes? Uh, you mean, you know, um, are you talking technical story-wise or, or both? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously every story was a, was a surprise, you know, you never kind of know where, you know, where each episode is going to go, you know, and we, we have a smaller scope, right. We're one of many studios working on it. Um, so we're not always kind of 
plugged into whatever else is happening and we're finding you know it was which is cool because you're getting to kind of watch this stuff you know along with everyone else and you're waiting for your episode or your sequence to to kind of come up but um uh the challenges uh, i think was the question right um the you know honestly the main challenge with the show is kind of just inherent to the show is is anything can happen and you're always kind of you know, dealing with a new character, a new sequence, a different world, a different version of the character, and what what are those subtle differences that make the characters, you know, unique in this world? Because there is a big, you know, pool to draw from. We know this is part of the MCU, um, but it's a different version of these characters. So it's kind of the biggest challenge is just kind of keeping it all, kind of keeping it all straight. You know, yeah. kind of, it's really, really important to be kind of plugged into, you know, like I said, um, you know, the people on the Marvel side who kind of know this world and are really driving it and uh, yeah what their intent for the the characters are was there any sequence that like took a really long time to make while building your episodes yeah i mean we worked on uh, what if ultron one um and you know it's it there's not a, a particular one in there that we worked on that was harder than the next they are kind of all you know, they're all challenging in their own way. You know, some have a different scope. Some you're moving through a lot of environments. Some you're dealing with a lot of characters, but, you know, there's there's more action, which is a little bit more, you know, it's a little bit more involved. Um, so I don't think one stands out above the rest in terms of difficulty. Um, it just overall is a, is a challenging show for sure. And I think you, you can kind of see that on screen when you see kind of the ambition that the, you know, that the show has. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when you're looking at a show, especially um, something that's, I guess, contained within 30 minute episodes, you're you're covering a lot of ground where um, in your episode alone, you're you're seeing so many different characters that were uh, set up over time in the MCU and different films. And now it's just like we're just running through this, which which is great, but it's also it's a lot. It's it's just it's sensory overload too, which is which is great, like for viewers, because it's. I, I think what this show does so well is that it really is like it's it's a reward for longtime MCU fans because there's so many elements that are just drawn from across all of the films, and it's it really is paying off all of those like just just great fan moments. Um, for yourself, before working on the show, were you were you an MCU fan? Were you, did you have a favorite MCU uh, movie that uh, you mm-hmm. were particularly fond of going into this uh, show? Uh, yeah, I was definitely a fan. Um, you know, I've seen you know been following along ever since they started. I was a you know Marvel Comics fan growing up. Um, I really do like where they're taking the uh, Thor movies. I think they're really interesting, you know, like they've kind of, I think found what's really, really great about that character. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're really kind of exploring really fun and, and interesting, you know, storylines and also just visuals, I think are, yeah, quite, quite strong in those, in those movies. Oh, definitely. Especially with Taika Waititi there. And uh, even when you see in the the Thor episode of the season, it's a lot more of just a, uh, just, just like Thor having a good time. And I think Thor is a character that I think suits that so well, where he just is just enjoying himself. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. How did you get your start in the industry? Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, um, I went to, you know, well, I went to art school um, kind of after, after high school, I went to, straight to art school and kind of was um, more focused on photography at that time, but um, kind of within that, program I kind of somehow ended up doing a 
stop motion animated film as my kind of <laughs> thesis project somehow without knowing how to do any of it. Um, but I realized kind of that I did want to get into filmmaking there. And it was kind of a way that um, is, is a medium that really kind of suited my personality and I could kind of create something on my own. And once that kind of dawned on me, I decided to, uh, you know, come out to Vancouver, go to animation school and um, yeah, kind of took off from there. So went to Vancouver film school for animation and uh, yeah, shortly after that started, uh, started my first job as an animator on a, on a feature out here. Did you have any inspirations, like inspire, inspiring films from or TV shows that you kind of took from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the <clears throat> the main one for me, I think that was kind of like a, a, you know, you know, I say it often as a game changer for me was uh, was when I saw Akira growing up. And uh, that kind of changed the entire medium for me and just kind of stopped being something that you'd kind of watch on Saturday mornings and kind of <laughs> really broaden my mind uh, at least and kind of opened me up to a whole different kind of uh, storytelling within the medium. That was a, mm-hmm. that's a big touchstone film for me. Yeah, me too. Like Akira, it's so, it's funny because Akira is so big in North America, but if you, you know, go to you know, Japan, it is big, but it's not as big as it is here. Oh, that's and I guess. And I was learning about this uh, through multiple podcasts related to Akira and, and the history. I'm like, man, it, that's so surprising. And I guess it's because it was always an animation style that was, that, that came there. It came from there and culturally it was always there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it was so new um, that it, even for you, like it inspired you to go into a, a whole medium. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, it was just uh, yeah. Like we said, it was, it was completely new for us. Right. And I can totally see what you're saying about, you know, it might not be maybe as special when it's something you see over here a lot, but you know, mm-hmm. coming, from the, coming from the Disney, you know, growing up with Disney and that kind of thing, which I love too. But uh, you know, when those started playing on, you know, space channel or sci-fi channel or whatever, that was just a whole nother, yeah. Whole nother world opened up. Oh, definitely. And, and I, I just think of like the, the motor, the motorcycle shot alone, like you see that in so many different just animated shows and in live action. Uh, I was wondering for yourself, uh, have you worked in the live action space at all? Because um, just like <clears throat> on the, the, the previous side or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I've worked on a number of, of live action films as a previous artist. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What's, so, the, uh, what's the biggest difference between working on the previous side or working <clears throat> for an animated show? uh the biggest difference i mean it's uh where i worked in live action because i was working in previous you're basically making an animated version of the film before they film so day to day it's actually not that different for for what i did but um the main difference would be that yeah you're coming up with these ideas when you're previsiting and that kind of thing and then it goes off for somebody else to accomplish right for you know in animation when you're when you're you know doing your camera and staging and you're you're uh you're planning out your sequences then you have to actually you know finish them that's like the bane that, you know that's may, you. May, seem, may seem obvious but that's that's the big difference yeah. what are you most excited for people to see um in what if this season what, what, like is there something that you worked on that when when you see that you're like yes that was something that uh, that that has my fingerprints on it yeah i mean uh, yeah i <laughs> It was fun to slice uh, Thanos in half. I thought that was fun. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we 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 uh, we enjoyed doing that, and uh, very much enjoy seeing the reactions that got. So that's the standard. that's awesome. Set on the show, it reminded me of when 
Trunks, I don't know if you watched Dragon Ball Z, but if, when Trunks sliced Frieza right in half when he landed on on planet Earth, it was just like, yeah, it was very funny. It's just very similar. It's like, here's this guy that you expect him to like destroy. And he's just like, no, you're done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the uh, immediacy of it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's been so amazing about just what if as a show is that there's so many just characters that are just it just defies expectations every time we watch it. Right. Characters that we think we know who they are and now they're completely different. And I, I think that's what's been so special about the show. So uh, we just want to say thank you so much for all your incredible work on it and for taking the time to talk with us today. And, um, you know, we love it. Everybody loves it. And we can't wait to see. Uh, where things go for season two. So hopefully we don't have to wait too long. But Anthony, thank you so much again for your time today. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Good. How are you? We're good. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Oh, we're we're honored to have you on the movie podcast. So thank you so much. So you've probably been talking to a lot of different people, but uh, you've heard this a lot. I'm hoping as well, too, of how much we love the show and how much the world is loving the show. Um How's it feel to finally have the final episode out and to be able to talk about everything now? Yeah, it's a big relief since uh, we've been working on this project for a long time. And um, there's a lot of hours put into making the show great. So it's good to see the reaction around um, the episode I work on specifically. And I'm just really glad that a lot of people are enjoying the show. Oh, of course. And we love it. And, and, and that's the thing, like, Anytime one of uh, these MCU shows now have finished, we've been just like, oh, man, now we got to wait. But luckily, there's been a lot this year that we've been able to, you know, pad the year out with because it's just been so nice to look forward to something uh, every single week. You know, and I think What If was a was an awesome one to look forward to every week. For sure. Um, I think uh, for MCU specifically, they, they really space out a lot of different points that we can look forward to throughout the year. So I'm just really glad that uh, I'm a part of What If and um, there's still like um, movies coming this year, I think, for is yeah. coming soon. So yeah, I'm really excited for that too. You know, Stephen, maybe you can kind of give us a little bit of a breakdown of what a background artist does. So our audience kind of gets to know a little bit more about your role in the What If yeah um so there's mainly two parts uh first is 2d layout where we draw really roughly to define the perspective uh action as well as like the sizes of objects in each shot and this is in black and white and then there's painting where we color in these roughs and try to push the um cinematic lighting in the scene and for what is specifically uh, the show's background is hugely inspired by uh, classic American illustrators. So it was really fun to stylize these environments in that direction and try to create interesting textures. What tools did you use to build this? Was it all through Maya? Uh, no, actually, um, my uh, the main software that I use is uh, Photoshop and Basically, everything I do is in 2D and then uh, kind of transfers into 3D uh, through Light and Comp in uh, our artist departments. Very cool. 
That's awesome. Yeah. And the backgrounds on this show is something that, you know, as we've been watching the show weekly, we've we've been saying in our weekly recaps of just how gorgeous the visuals are of the show and just the the backgrounds, especially where, it, where it, those moments where you just have the watcher just in a scene, just looking over everything. Um, it is very cinematic. And of course, you know, this show is within the canon of the MCU. And, and what was it like bringing such a cinematic, I, I guess, feeling to an animated show? Um, there's obviously a lot of challenges along the way. Uh, we one emphasize one emphasis that we have is just to try to push the cinematic and atmosphere as much as we can. And so in the show, you can see a lot of uh, rim lights in on the characters yeah. that makes them um, stand out from the environment. And uh, for environment specifically, we always try to uh, like design these uh, environments in a way that um, have interesting shapes, but not too interesting so that it uh, stands out over the characters. Right. What was your biggest surprise working on the show? Do you mean in terms of plot lines or? It could be both. It could be technical or plot lines. Um, I think the, the plot line was definitely Thanos being split in half. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually painted one of the shots um, that is showed like when he was split in half. So that was pretty cool seeing everybody's reaction from expecting them having a big fight and then turned out being shocked. <laughs> That's and, a popular answer. Yeah, we asked, uh, we, we were just talking to Anthony, um, who's the unit director as well. And he was he said the exact same thing. Yes, it was. Like when I was first looking through these storyboards, I was pretty shocked as well. Were you always a background artist or how did you get your start uh, within the industry? Um, I actually um, always wanted to do an art-related job, but I never thought I would be in the animation industry doing backgrounds. Um, I went to college studying illustration and I remember at the time I was pretty lost and then i was thinking of maybe doing something illustration related in magazines or a newspaper and then eventually i wanted to become a concept artist for games so i went to montreal to study a bit and then through that i was able to develop um, a portfolio that is uh, able to transition me from that to the animation industry which i'm really grateful for that's awesome. And I, I think uh, Canada is such a, a hub for so many different aspects of entertainment. You know, Montreal obviously is huge for games and Vancouver for animation and film. Um, what, uh, what game, I, I, I'm assuming you're a big video game fan as well, too, if that's the industry you wanted to go into. Uh, yes. What are your, some of your favorite games that you've uh, maybe recently played or even growing up what, that you loved playing? Um, I think one of the, this might be a really popular answer, but uh, League of Legends is one of my oh, favorite for sure. games. Um, well, although I don't play it now, but when uh, I was growing up, it was a huge influence for me to get into the um, gaming industry, specifically their uh, splash arts, their lore, and their cinematic um, trailers. Uh, that was a really inspiring um, kind of game for me in yeah. terms of my art career. That's awesome. What about movie inspirations or or TV series inspirations? Um, I think Ghibli movies and Disney movies are definitely one of the biggest influences. Um, 
I've always had a strong interest in um, movies as well. I think my favorite movies uh, would be Interstellar, I think. Like it's um, other than the storytelling of the film, it also has really great shots as well. And yeah, that was uh, a really big part of the, why I wanted to get into this industry as well. Interstellar is a big one. We we talk about that film all the time. And I think it's it's a running, uh, I think, just joke on our show of just how often what it's it, that feels like every week, a, a couple of weeks goes by and either I have watched it or Anthony's watched it or one of our other colleagues have watched it. It's it's a it's a big one for for us, too. Other than uh, working on what if is there any other projects that you're working on that you're allowed to talk about? Uh, if you're not allowed to talk about anything, that's OK, too. We're just curious. Is there anything that you're uh, that you're working on? Um, nothing much in particular, but um, I hope uh, what we're working on next will be exciting for you guys, too. That's awesome. And again, uh, Stephen, we're so thankful that you took the time to talk to us today on the movie podcast. Uh, we can't wait to see where things go in season two. We hope that you come back to work on it and we can talk to you again. Cool. Thank you very much. Wow. As Shay would say, if Shay was on this episode, he would say, wow, the way you guys ask those questions and they gave you those answers. Wow. That, that, what, that's what Shay would say. That, he would have said that one question and it, you know, it like the he they didn't even know how to answer it. That was, <laughs> that was remarkable. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we, anytime Shay's not on an episode, we always have to channel his energy. And I think, and I think we do. I think we do. I think we yeah. do a good job of it. Uh, But, you know, uh, honestly, like as we were saying at the top of this episode, what if has been such a an awesome show just to to go week to week watching and um, the fact that we got to speak to Genevieve last week and then now we got to speak to Anthony and Steven this week. You know, there's such incredible humans behind the movies and shows that we love so much and we never take it for granted that we get to have them on the movie podcast. So uh, we're so thankful for them for joining us and we're so thankful for you to listening. So if there's any other person in the world that you want us to have on the show, let us know because the worst thing that they could do is say no. You know, my mom tells me all the time, Hey Daniel, you should just ask Tom Hanks to be on your show. You know? Yeah, mom. I'd, I'll be honest. I'd love for Tom Hanks to be on the movie podcast. Tom, I know you're listening to this episode. Just, just shoot us an email, hello at the moviepodcast.ca, and we'll we'll arrange something, right? Who do you want to have on, Anthony? Uh, probably I would probably get a director, either yeah Fincher or because Fincher does really good conversations. Like he's very he would conversal. He, in it. When he'd he, be roasting us the whole time, though. Yeah, but like I watched, I watched his time. conversations, especially when involving Seven and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, he's great to have as a host or uh, a Denny Villeneuve. Yo, Denny, Denny, you, you got Dune coming out, man. Come on, come on the yeah. show. I know you just did, you just did Seth Meyers, but you just you could come on our show too. Or he just sorry, Stephen Colbert. He was on. You know, you, you know, you could do the movie podcast as well. We're up there as well. We're we're in the same league as them, are we not? I, I I think we're beyond that. There you go. Yeah. You heard it from Anthony himself. Thank you so much for listening to this week's bonus episode of the Movie Podcast. Don't forget, you can catch a new episode of the Movie Podcast every single Monday. And watch out for our review episodes on all the latest movies and series. Also, don't forget to follow us at the Movie Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd. And check out our show notes for all of those links and more. We hope you have a great Canadian Thanksgiving. That was this time with the Movie Podcast. And we'll see you next. Thank you.